Hello and welcome to In the Pocket Across the Pond, the UK NFL Fantasy Football Podcast with me, Alex Brindle. Me, Lewis Brindle. And me, Alex Sharples. Great to be back, lads. Not a very great week of NFL action, though. I thought it was pretty awful. You know, just going to get get that out there straight off the bat. Uh I'd probably say at least a third of every league that I'm in, at least a third of the managers, had their teams completely bust, including me and Lewis in our main league. But it it, it kind of makes you feel a little bit better when you look around and you're seeing two, three, four, five teams in your league scoring less than 100 points. Makes you feel a little bit better. Still not a very nice weekend, though. Um, I I will just say on that as well, like, I was in... um, in, in one of the leagues that I'm in, um, I ended up winning and two of my players goosed. I know it doesn't sound like me, I know, <laughs> but um, <laughs> but that's just speaking to how awful some of the fantasy scoring was. I had two players, I think it was one of my flex and my tight end, both scored nothing and I still won the week. So Well, well it was extremely reminiscent of like those kind of weeks, four, five-y, where it, it was just so obvious that scoring was down. I know, good old week four, five. Yeah, um, but what game stood out to you, Sharps? Uh, I think first of all, one that uh, might tickle your lads' fancies: uh, Dallas Cowboys absolutely smoking the Vikings. So I just oh. let you two take it away. <laughs> well, I mean, how, how about them? Yeah. How about them? You know, the the using the running backs correctly. Pollard is being used as mm-hmm. the best running back, and Zeke Elliott is being used as probably the best third down running back in the league, slash best um, uh, red zone goal line running back, because I don't think they've got one of them in Detroit. Um, not that I know of anywhere. Yeah. I'm um, choosing not to, to name. Uh, but no, he's probably the best or second best goal line running back in the league, and that defensive line, it's like a track meet. When they're lined up at AT&T or on turf, you know, been a lot of discourse around turf recently. I think, you know, it's probably unsafe for players. However, when that defensive line lines up on turf, it is like a track meet. It's who can get to the quarterback first. I think uh, Kirk Cousins might have got sacked on his way off the plane back in Minnesota. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, no, they were great. Absolutely unreal. And just on Ezekiel Elliott, I was chatting to you uh, during that game out. I was saying, this is a bit narrative-y from me, but, you know, as a Cowboys fan, I remember thinking, like, you know, two, three years ago, um, Dak Prescott was playing really well, uh, he had some weapons, and Ezekiel Elliott was in his prime, and I was thinking, now's the time to win, surely. We have mm. a running back in his prime and stuff. But I've sort of re- reassessed it in my head, and I'm thinking, you know what, maybe Ezekiel Elliott's career has been leading up to this moment where <laughs> he is... A very good second mm. running back on the team, you know, the guy who can get move the chains, get the short yardage, and get those red zone touchdowns. Maybe I've been thinking about it wrong. Maybe Zeke is better utilized in the later stages of his his you know of his prime, like he is now, because you know that one two punch Pollard and Zeke mm. is the best that running game has looked in decades. Yeah, and. For people who are newish to the NFL, it is worth saying, just reiterating and reminding people, for the better part of three or four years, Zeke Elliott was the best running back in the league. He was, yeah. From the moment he stepped into the league, he was the best running back in the league in his rookie season, and he was for about two, three years after that. He's not that guy anymore. 
But you know, he, he he once upon a time was that guy. But what about no no we're done okay, Sharples, we're done gushing over the cowboys. Yeah, just, just to reiterate to any new listeners, this is not a Dallas Cowboys podcast, although sometimes <laughs> oh, we'll know it. What? What? I oh, was slowly branding as such. I'm out of here. <laughs> <laughs> Go on, chaps. What else? Um, I thought. Well, actually, it's something raised the point of question, boys. Colts Eagles very tight. Seventeen sixteen Eagles. <clears throat> Is Jeff Saturday for real? No, I think this. I think this Colts defense is for real. Yeah, I've got the same thing down. The, the Colts defense is legit. Their offensive line is showing up a little bit, so Taylor's starting to have some nice games, but I do not project prolonged success for Jeffrey Saturdayman. Is he related to Matt Damon? Yeah. <laughs> um, <clears throat> just while we're talking, you know, Eagles, Cowboys, NFC East, I've got a bit of a... Just a bit of something to say about the Giants, right? Because... You know, no disrespect, seven and three is a fantastic record for this stage of the season, but I feel like they're finally starting to be found out. You know, they've lost two of the last three games. Um yep. both yep. those losses by more than one score, right? Um, which is an important stat because yeah, both of you have a guess, yeah, at how many of the Giants wins have been won by one score. Every single Five. one of them, I'd guess. Uh, Alex, you're right. Every single one of wow. the wins. Now, that's important because that isn't usually something as a team that you can keep up. No. You know? So, and I'm looking at the Giants' remaining schedule. You know, if you look at it, I I honestly think they win two more games. Mm. And, and you know, three at a push, but two more. And well, they're losing on Thursday. That. Yes, they are. <laughs> but, um, Sharps, we've, we've been all about the... NFC East here. What what else did you think about the week's games? Um, I thought that the Patriots Jets is one that I highlighted as an optimistic great game. It turned out to be the exact opposite, <laughs> although very that. tasty, very tasty last ten seconds. If you're into that kind of thing. Oh yeah, Zach Wilson is trash, and he is a clone, and I'm glad he's been benched though. Yeah, I mean, if you're the Jets defense, you have every right to hate Zach Wilson. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think he was. I mean, literally picked on that one that one throw he did in training camp the across body thing because that's literally the only thing I've seen him do in like three years yeah 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 no he's a bad player bad mm. player doesn't seem like a very good leader either um the 49ers are coming though by the way yeah They're absolutely rolling they look unstoppable and in that division you know the Seahawks were they on by last week yeah yeah on by. This past week yeah so the Seahawks are overachieving um, the Cardinals, I think it's Cliff Kingsbury's last year, so they're quite transitional. And the Rams uh, have, have have checked out this year. Just a quick one on the Rams. Um, say yes or no, whether you agree or disagree. Jalen Ramsey is overrated. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he's overrated because he's rated like 99 on Madden, but is he still... Uh, and he, he does talk a lot, but is he a great player? Yeah, you can't deny that. He's a good player, but okay. he, yeah, he's overrated. But anyway, my point being that the 49ers are starting to look like Super Bowl team blue. Have you got something to say on that? Yeah, I mean, I, they look great. Um, <clears throat> and I had a quick look, because because I was sort of like taken back by how many players actually had really good games for him. Um, it's one of the rare weeks, right, where 
if you would all if you had played in your fancy lineup almost exclusively 49ers, right? You 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 might have won. You you prob this week especially you probably would have won, right? So if you loaded your lineup, right, quarterback, one of your running backs, both of your wide receivers, and your defense and special team slot, you'd have scored 115 points. <laughs> just 49ers players. That's ridiculous really yeah. they look great yeah I mean it's a well coached team so they're always going to compete they look good however for fantasy I think they're going to be a little bit annoying going forward because you get weeks like this where there's that many points to go around it's fine but I've got a feeling that you're going to get a week where maybe I don't know a Kittle and an Ayuk go off but then McCaffrey and Debo does nothing and vice versa because there's just so yeah. many miles to feed on this offense yeah true true that Luke I've got a little one for you. Do you know what people try and trick you with those kind of uh, plays on words or just little stupid questions like, what do cows drink? And people say, well, milk, but it's not milk. <laughs> so I'm going to tell you, what do you put in a toaster? Uh, Russell Wilson. Hey, yeah. we're, we're, together, see, we're twins. We, we're on the yeah. same wavelength. Yeah. Um, yeah, Russell Wilson is absolutely toast. No, but it, it looks like he's he's ruining his legacy right in front of our eyes mm. and it's it's one of those things that you can't quite look away from because he's so bad and and the thing was he he had genuinely been so good for so long in Seattle that how old is Russell Wilson now 33 34 and he was kind of a lock for the hall of fame and it's yeah. at the point now where it's like if he plays like this for another 2 3 years he might not be in the hall of fame anymore that's how bad he's playing. Yeah. Um, something needs to happen in Denver, like because he's, as you say, he's tarnishing a good legacy that he built in Seattle. I think, I have to say, I was sceptical when you first said it, Al, but I think your point about the Seahawks and Pete Carroll propping him up his ability and maybe masking his flaws is, is seems pretty spot on at the minute. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, elsewhere, you had the Burrs putting up a bunch of points and losing yet again. You had the Bills with another not totally convincing win and a really disappointing fantasy game for Josh Allen. You had one of the single worst games I can ever remember seeing in the Panthers versus the Ravens. And you had a game which was actually a lot of fun in the Bengals and Steelers. But let's get on to those categories that we are, that we have every week. Who is your not buying it win, Sharples? Uh, I went for the Falcons over the Bears. Um, nothing too technical behind it. I just don't like them. Um, the fact that Cordaro Patterson has to score a bloody punt return touchdown just to get any points on the board is absolutely ridiculous. Um, and yeah, I just, I just don't think they're a very good team. So yeah, that's why I went for the Falcons. I went for the Ravens. Um, you know, I mean. There's a couple of teams that you could have picked this week, but I, I went for the Ravens just because that game was painful to watch. Um, probably the worst game of the year, I thought. Um, Panthers-Ravens. And yeah, this Ravens team isn't going anywhere. Like this regime, this coaching regime has got staler and staler every year. Yeah. So I'm, I'm saying the Ravens. Uh, it was a hard one this week, I did think, uh, but I'm going the Saints because the Rams aren't out here this year, and I think more often than not, Andy Dalton is going to screw you over than uh, than win you a game. 
But what about your impressive victory, Lou? Should we say ours at the same time? Yes. <laughs> Three, uh, two, one. How about them, them cowboys? Yeah. How about them, the cowboys? Shuffles. Yeah, well, something told me I might have to swerve just to give a bit of variation. Uh, so I went for the <laughs> Bengals, uh, purely because of the fact that they put up 37 points without arguably the best piece on the offense. Um, so, yeah, Bengals scoring 37 points against the Steelers for me. Yeah. Nice. And in terms of worst team in the league, like I'll go first because like last week I was torn on this one. Who's the worst team in the league? Of course, the Broncos lost the, the, the stink fest of the season last week against the Raiders. So that should make them the worst team in the league, right? But the Panthers are awful too, you know, so I was really torn. But luckily for us, uh, we get to find out this week. Again. Yeah. Again? Yeah. <laughs> so uh, anyway, who's the worst team in the league, Lou? The Iron Broncos, because yeah. the Raiders clarified that for us by beating them. Mm. Sharps? Uh, Texans, for me, just just lost an obscene amount of games. Yeah. Uh, worst part of the podcast, Lou? Injuries? Injuries, uh, another painful week. So, Kyle Pitts, um, MCL, Tur, knee injury, place and I are probably... Done for the year. Um, obviously, you know, Kyle Pitts hasn't been great, but he, he's, he was coming round, and obviously, there was a lot of draft capital there spent on Kyle Pitts. Wondell Robinson, rookie wide receiver for the New York Giants, tore his ACL. He's going to be out a while, gutting for these, these rookies. Mm. Who, and like I keep saying it every time it happens, it happened a few weeks ago with. Um, with Brees Hall, it happened a few weeks before that, with Williams. I don't know what has to be done, but it feels like something has to be done because it's it's strange how, how this is happening to these to these lads. But um, Justin Fields uh, suffered an apparent shoulder injury in that game. You could see he wasn't sort of playing right in the second half, so monitor that. Non-throwing um, shoulder. Yeah, non-throwing shoulder, though. Um, Joe Mixon exited the Bengals game with a concussion. Clyde Edwards-Alert suffered a high ankle sprain. Uh, he's going to miss some time. I believe he's been placed on injured mm-hmm. reserve as well. Um, Kadarius Tony exited with a hamstring injury. Now, just a little bit on that. This is why I was sceptical with Kadarius Tony because he just he just can't stay on the field, you know. Um, Mike Williams, wide receiver for the Chargers, probably came back a bit too early from that ankle injury because he hurt his ankle again mm-hmm. and came out of that game. And Rondell Moore exited the Cardinals game on pretty much the first offensive snap after suffering a groin injury. So he absolutely murdered um, my start of the week last week. Oh, but we'll, yeah. we'll, we'll get on to that. And then just a couple of notes as well. Denver Broncos um, have given Melvin Gordon a taste of his own medicine by treating him the same way he treats the ball uh, <laughs> and they've dropped him. Um <laughs> And Daryl Henderson has been waived by the Rams as I well. I don't know why they didn't just 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 make a trade the two teams because to me, the Rams are probably going to pick up Melvin Gordon, and Daryl Henderson might be picked up by the Broncos. Yeah, so I don't know why they didn't just do a trade. Do you the heard worst it trade in history, lads? Call Daryl to the Rams. Cordell to the Rams. No, because I'd hate that because Cordell Patterson, uh, admittedly, he's not on a he's not on, not on a contender at the moment. But um, to me, it's just like a, a, a what 
six-game rental for Cordero Patterson, and they'll probably get someone younger in next year, and he won't be the guy anymore. Because Cordero Patterson, he's he's older than you think because he's got quite fresh legs because um because he wasn't really used in the first half decade of his career. He's got. I would hate that for Cordero more. Patterson. Yeah, he's got a couple more years of being relevant, and right now he's a Ferrari being driven like a Fiat. But I don't know what I don't know what you think they're going to do with him at the Rams because they can't run the ball, and I get that Daryl Henderson and Cam Akers and you know they're not Derek Henry, but also the team cannot run the ball. So that's, listen, Cordero can catch passes though. Mm. Listen. At this rate, the Falcons are going to have a better record than the Rams anyway. Yeah, I know, yeah. But, time to get the spreadsheet out. Accountability time, gentlemen. I'm welcoming it this week. I'll tell you that for free. Um, I secured the first four-hit week of the season. Pretty crazy. All my players scored within three points of each other. You know, you had Daniel Jones at the quarterback with 24, Montgomery at running back 21, Olave 21, Kittle 24. All hits didn't completely go off, but um I'll tell you what did go off, that uh, Chris Olave touchdown guarantee. You're welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> um, Lou, you didn't fare as well, did you, mate? Uh, not at the wide receiver position, no, because, um, as I just mentioned... Rondell Moore got injured on the first the first offensive snap, so he actually scored minus points this week. Now that's a first, I think. Now, I <laughs> think you, that's you've that's... retired someone, you've had a minus point and you've currently racked up three gooses, which is three we more don't than the claim, but we don't this is why. This is the prime example of why on this show we we are we are enthusiasts yes. and not experts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, two out of three. Two out of three. <laughs> you can but but I feel like this is a bit of an empty one, alright, because you can he, he played one snap. So you can I, I wasn't I wasn't predicting what his result would be after one snap. I was re- I was predicting what he's, uh, how he would fur after a whole game. Did so you? I think you should take that and miss right off the no, spreadsheet. No, 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 we don't do injuries. I think injury we should stuff. extrapolate yeah. it by the full match, yeah. and he actually finished with minus thirty-six <laughs> points. Yeah, <laughs> Mooney Mooney got zero point six. No, not minus, but zero point six early in the season because he got injured. Oh, actually, maybe Lou, maybe yeah, because I have got a little, little. Brackets for injury with Montgomery. So I'll save you, mate. I'll save you. Thank you. I'll put the brackets injury. I think the Darnell Mooney was a genuine 0.6. So I'll put the injury. I'll put that there for you, Lou. So so you're not done too bad. What about the rest of your players, though, Lou? Yeah, um, Dak Prescott wasn't quite a hit, but he had a solid week. Uh, just a really clean week, to be fair. Um, 276 passing yards, two passing touchdowns, 16 rushing yards. Just a solid week from Dak. Um, this one was really annoying. So, Robinson, Brian Robinson, for the running back for the Commanders. 15 rushes, 57 rushing yards, 5.7. So, yeah. I mean, we talked about it before about PPR leagues and non-PPR, but that would have still been rubbish in a non-PPR. Um Listen, this is personal, but I'm dropping him. Okay. And I, I would drop him because he's just 
I don't think he's really shown any use. You know, this is this is what he is. Maybe, maybe if Gibson gets injured, or maybe next year. But this is his role this year. That that sort of like ground and pound yardage, and I just don't think that is useful for mm. a fantasy team yeah. um, right now. No matter you know, and, he, and he's been pretty inefficient. Mm. Um, and then I went Kokomet tight end, um, three receptions, thirty five yards, but he did not. Goose, so that is a win for me. Yeah, always good to call him out. What about you, Shabs? Bill's in. Uh, yeah, not not a bad week. Uh, not a great week though. I had um, no misses. Um, although Terry McLaurin was very close. Uh, he was projected fourteen point three. He got nine point six. So scraped mm-hmm. it by point three points there. Um, yeah, he was four or seven fifty five yards. Just a bad game to pick the uh, commander's wide receiver, really, because they were running the ball a lot. And also, I don't really rate Taylor Heineke, uh, and his numbers would back no, that me up. Neither. So, me um, neither. yeah, I think I might be staying away from the uh, from the commander's wide receivers going forward. Um, next one up, uh, TJ Hawkinson. Uh, again, almost a miss, but uh, just, just about saved it. Uh, we projected 12.6, got 8.4. He actually led the Vikings in receiving with uh, five receptions off nine targets for 34 yards. Um, he, he dropped two, though, that was straight into his hands. And I think the fact that he led the receiving just showed what a bad day it was for the Vikings. Um, mm. Upwards, we had uh, Justin Herbert uh, projected 19.5, got 19.7. Um, not a bad week for him, 280 yards, two touchdowns. That interception dragged him down a little bit and it just wasn't quite the same as that uh, previous Kansas City match where he blew up. Uh, and finally, the one hit of the week was uh, Devin Singletary running back for the Buffalo Bills. Projected 13.3, got a very nice 17.7. 18 rushes, 86 yards and a touchdown. And uh, yeah, a fair amount of volume for him. They, they trust him in the red zone. And yeah, against the Cleveland side that was given up the second most uh, points fantasy running backs was a was a good matchup. Mm, mm, me and you are having a bit of a sprint to the finish in terms of uh, in terms of of getting those hits in those shots. You you've had one, two, three, four, five hits in the last seven weeks at the uh, the running back position, whereas I've had one one, two, three, four, five, six in the last. Nine weeks at the wide receiver position. Um, I think Lou might finish in third. No, <laughs> we don't know. Mate, you never know. Well, you have to. You, well, I, I hope this week uh, the the picks are going to be a bit better. Listen, they're going to be because um, you know, Chaps has already doomed one of my picks by saying he doesn't like any of the commanders wide receivers. But mm. but we'll see. Well, anyway, it's waiver time. No bye weeks this week. Very nice to hear. I'll quickly rattle off mine. Two running backs, Marlon Mack and Isaiah Pacheco, especially with the the news to uh, Clyde Pacheco should be added. He, he doesn't have that receiving work. That is Jerry McKinnon, but Pacheco has had about 30 carries in the past two games. Not Obviously, two games combined and not each, um, but that's usually something you really need on your team, especially in an offense like Kansas City. And Marlon Mack is probably going to be... Well, he, he's, he's behind Latavius Murray at the minute. He's behind the 50-year-old the Latavius Murray, um, and he needs to prove it. You know, once upon a time, Marlon Mack was a pretty good running back, but he, uh, was it his Achilles that Mack might have done? Yeah. So, obviously, that's the kind of grim reaper for uh, running backs. But, yeah, he's going to get some carries in this team. Someone needs to step up. Um, 
And I don't think Latavius Murray's going to... He's not an every-down back going forward. So, so Mac, Mac should be added, to be fair. And because Chase Edmonds got hurt as well, I should mention. That is why I'm saying Mac. But what about you, Luke? Yeah, uh, also gone for a running back, Samaje P. Ryan. Uh, massive shout-out to the guy. Three receiving touchdowns for the Bengals this week. Yeah, and um, they should have all gone to T. Higgins and he'd have had a monster week. But he didn't. Um, unreal game. Showing he's, he is a really good sort of insurance running back. You know, one of those guys who you pick up and have on your bench uh, in case the main guy goes down. That's what happened this week. Mixon left the game and uh, Mixon's status for the upcoming week is he's in the air. He's in concussion protocol. So... You know, if Mixon misses, I think that makes Piran a fine start, so definitely worth a pick-up. And I've also gone for Traylon Burks, rookie wide receiver for the Titans. He's available in three quarters of a league, so loads of people probably dropped him uh, after his injury in week four, which he missed He, he missed about five weeks because of that. But he's back, and he's managed to demand a, a decent workload since his return. He's, you know, 14 targets in two games, along with his first 100-yard receiving game of his NFL career this past week. So he's worth an ad if he's out there, mm. especially considering, you know, the history uh, in the league of rookie wide receivers dominating towards yeah. the back end of the regular season. Yeah, Sharples. Uh, I've gone for a running back and a wide receiver uh, this week, the first one. Um, rostered in 43.1% of leagues, so not super widely available. Uh, but yeah, Cam Akers, running back for the LA Rams. Let's just see. Ooh. There we go. Let's just see, because Henderson's out of there. Obviously, we assume they're going to pick up Melvin Gordon, but... For all we know, they've mended fences behind the scenes. They like what they've seen from Akers and they've shipped off Henderson because they don't need him. 14 carries last uh, last game against the Saints for 61 yards. Relatively efficient. Yeah, I think I think if he's out there, he's worth a punt, particularly because I know there's some bad running backs on people's benches out there. So, you know, I'm not 100% confident in it, but as I said, worth a gamble if you can get him. Uh, and the other... Other recommendation this week is the wide receiver for the uh, Baltimore Ravens, and that is Demarcus Robinson. Really big game against the Panthers, uh, nine catches, 128 yards. And again, with this one, it's no guarantee, but he's out there. Let's just see, because Duvernay has completely done nothing uh, recently. Obviously, Bateman's out. Mark Andrews is always going to take targets away, but the Ravens are crying out for a, a, a wide receiver one, and why can't it be Robinson? Look good against the Panthers, certainly. Nice, good picks. Uh, I I do agree. There there seems to be acres of opportunity in that Rams backfield. <laughs> the Los Angeles Rams backfield. <laughs> oh, very nice, very nice. Um, anyway, we'll look ahead now to week twelve. Yeah, can you believe it? Week twelve already. Uh, and we're backing our friend in because we're going to start it off. Um, with. The only way that we know how, and that's with... Forget about it! So players that are locked into your lineup every week, don't even worry about it. At the quarterback position, Josh Allen, Pat Mahomes, Jalen Hurts, Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson, you know, TBD, whoever he's going to be in this next week. Um, Tua, Fields, Burrow. Forget about it! Running back, Eckler, Barkley, Taylor, McCaffrey, Jacob, Stevenson, Henry, Ken Walker, Etienne, Mixon, Chubb, Cook, Kamara. 
Forget about it. Nice bunch of running backs there. Wide receiver. Adams, Hill, Chase, if he plays. Jefferson, Amon Ra, Hopkins, Waddle, Higgins, even if Chase plays. And Diggs. Forget about it. And tight ends. Mark Andrews and the, the god himself. The man who can't be stopped, Travis Kelsey. Forget about it. Just quickly on Kelsey, I was... um. I mean, I, I mentioned to you the other day out, you know, I, I feel like Travis Kelsey's building up a real sort of, um, a real case for for being drafted number one overall in fantasy next year. Just because, tell me a player who is as consistent and is as involved in the offence every single week. You know, mm. like, we, there's always that debate whether to go early on tight end and it's always either, you know, Kelsey or Andrews or it used to be Kittle. But, at this point, it's like we we all thought maybe this is the year he takes a step back, and he's just been better than ever. So mm. I don't know. There's a debate out there. I think for Travis Kelsey to go number one overall. Yeah, I think I think there certainly is. I think just maybe with his age, you don't want to be the the person caught with the bag. Like if you jump the gun and take him, and then he gets an injury or whatever. But I I agree. Like if you if you knew you were going to get a similar season, then you'd hundred percent take him up there. Yeah, absolutely. Good point. Mm. But anyway, week 12 player picks. Who have you got at quarterback, Sharples? Um, this week, I have the quarterback for the Tennessee Titans, Ryan Tannehill. Uh, tough matchup uh, against the Bengals. They've been holding uh, fantasy quarterbacks to the fifth lowest score. Um, but I think it should be a relatively high-scoring game. I don't think they'll be able to just rely on giving the ball to Derrick Henry and running the ball. I think Tannehill will have to throw it around a bit. And while they don't have any superstar wide receivers to throw to, he's looked good in his last couple of games. Uh, I think Traylon Burks had a really nice touchdown last week, 51 yards, I believe. Uh, and yeah, I just think he's going to have to throw the ball. And based on how he's looked in the past few weeks, hopefully it should be an efficient day. So yeah, uh, Tannehill for me this week. Luke. I'm going with Tom Brady. You know, Tampa Bay just Ooh. had the bye week. <laughs> uh, Tampa Bay had the bye week last week. Um, but they went into the bye week with... A lot of momentum, I'd say, you know, winning two on the bounce and defeating a, a decent Seattle team in Germany. Um, I think, you know, after watching the books so far this year, the struggles to me have been less to do with Brady. It's been more to do with sort of growing pains with the new head coach and the defence not really being as dominant and the pass catchers just not being on form. I think Brady himself has has looked good. Mm. He has still looked mm. good. He's still got the arm power, you know, he's still got the accuracy. He's he's looked good. Um hopefully over the bye week, you know, his pass his pass catch has stopped dunking the gloves in butter or whatever they've been doing and you know and they catch some passes. So could be a solid one for this offense this week. They're against the Browns who have been allowing on average two hundred and twenty five passing yards, twenty three completions and two passing touchdowns per game over the last three weeks. You know, Godwin Evans, Julio Jones, Cameron Bray, they're all gonna be healthy again. So Brady pretty much has his full array of weapons. Um and I think he's an all time great. He's just had a bye week to rest and study and work out, you know, the little kinks in the offense. I think he has a solid week this week. And I'm going Derek Carr. I've got a couple of bold ones this week, and this is this is one of them. You know, it's not been great for Carr this season, but it's not been terrible either. I'll be honest, he's averaging 
around 270 yards and two touchdowns and no turnovers uh, over the past three weeks. And to be honest, besides a couple of pretty bad games, that's what he's averaging for the season. You know, so given the right opportunity, Carr can be very playable. And this week he plays Seattle, so I think he is going to be very playable. Seahawks are bottom 10 against fantasy quarterbacks, and they've been in plenty of shootouts so far this season. <laughs> we all know Adams is going to have a big one. He's going to get his, but I'm hoping that, you know, Hollins and some of the other guys can fill in a bit better for Waller and Renfro to the point where Carr's stat line isn't just solely dependent on Adams' stat line. But let's flick over to wide receiver, and we'll go to Lou first. Yeah, so as I alluded to before, I'm going to go Terry McLaurin. Um, I know of Taylor Heineke, um, and in my little document here, it's edited to Heineken, Taylor Heineken. Mm-hmm. Great, great uh, endorsement opportunity there for the lad. Yeah, Get on Heineken. that, lad. Um, yeah, but yeah, no. Any good. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and speaking of it. He's not, it's a weird one with him because he obviously is good for the locker room and he does get him wins, but he's not a good player that talented. But um, listen, he's got a rapport with McLaurin. You know, McLaurin's averaging 85 receiving yards and nearly six receptions a game with Heineke. Um, He's been utilised a lot lot more effectively. and so for me it's a good thing that Heineke is still starting because I don't think we saw the ceiling with McLaurin as much when Carson Wentz had been passing in the ball because Carson Wentz is trash Um, I mean I know McLaurin had an underwhelming week last week but they did play Houston and the Commanders got off to an early lead so like most teams who play the Texans they didn't really have to throw the ball at all Uh, this week they're playing Atlanta who are far better than Houston. They've shown that they can score plenty of points in games. And the Falcons are also dead last in receptions, yards and fantasy points given up to the position. So McLaurin's in play for a very nice week. Hmm, nice. I, I'll, I'll go next. I'm going to go with Lou's favourite player, Colton Sutton. Oh, yes. Uh, okay, we, we, we've already mentioned Russell Wilson is toast. He's... He's ruining his career, but I don't think it changes the fact changes the fact that he still has to throw the ball to someone. Well, I know it doesn't change that fact. Sutton's been Wilson's go-to guy even before Jerry Jude's injury, and he, he has a pretty nice floor for fantasy. The ceiling just hasn't been there, but he gets a great matchup this week in Carolina. Um, you know, the the main reason I project success for Sutton in this game though is because I think it'll be a competitive game. As much as Broncos fans may want to deny it, this is their level. The Carolina Panthers are their level and their opposition. They're the stinkers of the league. <laughs> um, and yeah, don't read too much into the Ravens game at the weekend in terms of the Panthers' defence. They are still bad. It's just that the, way the Ravens have got no wide receivers. So, though the Denver's defence is good, I think the Panthers can make a game of this. So I think Sutton should be heavily used and... Uh, might even have his best fancy game of the season against a secondary that really doesn't scare you. But what about your wide receiver, Sharps? Uh, I've gone for the wide receiver from the San Francisco 49ers, uh, Debo Samuel. Ooh. I was torn between him and Brandon Ayuk, um, but Ayuk was just far too efficient last week. Uh, he had four targets and two of those were touchdowns. 
so instead, I'm following the volume, going for Debo, who had nine targets and even got a few rush attempts, got himself a rushing touchdown too. As we mentioned before, as I mentioned, uh, I feel like it's potentially going to be hard to predict this 49ers offense going forward in terms of who's actually going to get the points. But I think Debo is just too talented not to back. Um, and I think against the Saints, while they've got some good defensive pieces, I think he'll still be able to iron out a good game. So uh, that's why I've gone for Debo this week. <clears throat> Moving on to tight end, I'll start us off with Dawson Knox. I uh, I never really feel totally confident starting Knox. He just feels like he should be better than he is for fantasy. But as always, tight ends, you got to play matchup and, and some opportunity and... Uh, the point Detroit, the Bills are, and the bottom three against tight ends. So I have to say as well, despite all the hyper and Bills wide receivers and the wide receiving core, I don't think anyone has cemented the place as a number two target behind Diggs. You know, a lot of them have had spells, none more so than Gabe Davis. But is it just me, lads, or is Gabe Davis just not actually that good? You know, he's he's had some all right games stat wise this year but he's a dart throw every week in fantasy and he's only catching about 60% of his passes this year and he's dropping almost 15% of them I get that a lot of throws to Gabe Davis are bombs down the field so his catch percentage might not be super high but some of the drops are blatant and me and our older brother was talking about it at the weekend and I just don't know if the guy's that good so I think uh, there's definitely I see him as on. a B Tech Tyler Lockett personally. Yeah, yeah. So I, I pretty much based on that, I think that the Bills would uh would benefit from using Knox more. So I'm 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 saying let's uh let's start to hope that they do and let's let's hope that, that starts this week. Uh Lou, John do do your tight end, mate. Yeah, I'm going TJ Hawkinson. Um, I mean, as Sharples knows, because he he suggested him last week. Um, he's been very well utilized. You know, twenty-one catches from twenty-eight targets in three games. Amazing numbers for a tight end, really. Um, this week he plays the Patriots, that have been really decent on defense, like they usually are across the board. Um, they've allowed just four touchdowns to wide receivers. That being said, one of the places that they're susceptible to fantasy points is the tight end position. You know, the Patriots have given away seven touchdowns to tight ends and are bottom eight in the league in fantasy points to the position. So I think this week Hawkinson's in line to be leaned on heavily again uh, as he'll most likely be a key part of breaking down this Patriots defence for the Vikings. Mm-hmm. Sharples? Uh, yep, so I've gone for uh, the tight end for the Pittsburgh Steelers, uh, Pat Fryermuth. Uh, he's actually been the lead receiver for the team for the past couple of weeks and uh, a very juicy 12 targets uh, last week. Um, and while he's against the Colts team that's looking quite good defensively, they tend to focus on, on the outside receivers. Uh, and so I think that should um, leave some soft spots on the inside for him to do some work and do some damage. Nice. And uh, why are you there, Shapples? Round us out with your running back. Um, so last time that I went back to the well, it was with Tom Brady and unfortunately I contracted cholera. Uh, but this time I'm going to go back to back with Devin Singletary again. 
he's against a bad Lions rush defense. Uh, he got 18 carries last week, as I mentioned, and I think he should be heavily involved again. I feel like the Bills will be on the ball a lot. They'll probably get up to an early lead, start running the ball. Hopefully they'll get a nice few red zone touches uh, and should be another good week for him. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm forecasting quite a, quite a good week for Singletary this week. Nice. Lou? Rui Mack, I'm going to go James Conner, uh, Arizona Cardinals. Since returning from uh, a three-week injury stretch, Connor has he's been the guy in the backfield for the Cardinals. You know, cemented further by the team releasing, you know, Benjamin uh, a couple of weeks ago. Connor's had fifty-two touches since his return. Uh, that's you know carries and receptions. So he's averaging over seventeen per game, uh, and that's that's not just that's not targets. You know, that's not even counting the targets he's had. Um, you know. Give me 17 touches against this Chargers defense, who he's playing this week. Uh, you're bound for fantasy goodness, I think. You know, Chargers are giving up uh, 134 rushing yards and over 23 fancy points a game to running backs. You know, I I I just think this one adds up really. So because I've said that, he's bound to do crap. Oh yeah. Um, but no, I I do think James Conner is one of the safest starts. At the running back position this week, I think you know it's all lined up there for him to have a good week. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm going to go Jeff Wilson of the Miami Dolphins. I, th- I think Wilson's a smash play this week. Uh, there's not much else to say other than that. You know that just to clarify the backfield situation in Miami, most it seems to have been put into that receiving running back role with Wilson getting the more carries. So when you put a lead rusher on a great rushing team against the worst rush defense in the league in Houston, it's a recipe for success. But looking at the games, got some Thanksgiving games this week. Um, So a couple of them should be pretty good. Bills at Lions and Giants, Cowboys, expect, expecting a massacre in that one, expecting the Bills one to be fun, but uh, what's your tier list looking like, Sharps? So I think uh, I've only got the one in the great category. I think that's going to be the Cowboys, Giants. Uh, I think Lions, Bills, Cardinals, Chargers and Seahawks, Raiders have potential to be to be good games. Um, but yeah, it's the Cowboys, Giants at the main event for me this week. Yeah. Same, to be honest, I think. I think the Bengals and Titans are two good teams going at it. Bucks, Browns could be interesting. Packers, Eagles, I think uh, this could be ugly. Or a really good game, so win-win. And mm. I'm not watching the Broncos or the Panthers, obviously. What about you, Luke? Yeah, just as as, as you guys said, really, um, I'm looking forward to some of the games this week that uh, actually look decent and competitive you know two good teams sort of going at it so as you said you know Patriots Vikings Titans Bengals Browns Bucks they're, they're going to be some good games of football I think um I'm I'm looking forward to the to the Lions Bills because I think it should be fun because one way or another it's going to be entertaining you you're either going to see the Bills absolutely roll them over mm-hmm. or if the Lions keep up with the Bills or if they make it competitive or if they just surprise us and hold the Bills, that's that's going to be fun to watch as well. So yeah. I think that game should be fun. Um, and yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing the Cowboys beat the Giants. Oh, yeah. Well, that'll do us, I believe. Um, thank you, everyone, as usual, for listening. Any closing thoughts, gents? Um, yeah, I'd just like to say uh, potentially a sad day. 
today because uh, unfortunately if Hawkinson and McLaren both hit, uh, then I quit. So it could be my last show. Uh, so it's been fun. And of course, all I'll say is never listen to any of Lucy's picks. Just listen to me and Chapels. It's a great mm, sage advice. <laughs> well, uh, what a finish. Enjoy Thursday with Michael's imports. It's always nice to have a bunch of football games on. Um, yeah. And there's something else going on at the minute as well, I think, but I've not been watching too much of that. Uh, what, like a flag football league? Yeah. Okay, cool. See you later, everyone. See you.